Take a deep, long, slow breath in. And exhale. Take a deep, long, slow breath in. And exhale. And finally, take a deep, long, slow breath in. And exhale. Welcome to the Mindful Music Pedagogy Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping music educators develop a balanced awareness of what we teach, as well as who we teach. My name is Jessica Kebby, and if you like a direct, smart, kind, and sometimes humorous approach to music, education, and wellness, this is the place for you. Today's topic is margins. What are they? How can we create them? And how do we protect them? We've all had times where life was overwhelmingly busy, haven't we? Times where the demands of work, home, family, school, and probably many other things are actually truly too much. It's not hyperbolic at all to say that during those times, things might absolutely feel out of control, right? Maybe you're there right now. I know I have definitely been there. I distinctly remember one semester at my doctoral studies when I was taking a full load of classes, working as a teaching assistant for the university, and teaching part-time at another university. Between those two schools, I taught seven classes that semester. I was also taking classes, I also had a toddler, and I was pursuing a performance degree, so I was also practicing and performing regularly. It was insane. Each day was so structured, without room for error, that if anything changed, big or small, it could turn into something that could quite literally affect my entire day. I had no margins, no buffers of time to be able to absorb anything unexpected. Now, sometimes that's just how life goes. I'm not advocating busyness as a sustainable pattern of behavior at all, but I also know that sometimes this just happens. Sometimes we're overlapping the end of one thing and the beginning of another, and we know going in, it's going to be hard for a while. Other times, we think things are going along fine, and so we take on a little extra at work or at home, and then boom, something unexpected comes up and requires an amount of attention that we hadn't anticipated. This is a part of life that we all have to learn how to navigate, but we also have to guard really carefully against getting sucked into a crazy schedule. It can happen so easily. You say yes to something extra at work or at home or at school, and you expand your circle. And then someone says, oh, hey, would you like to do dot, dot, dot? And it sounds like fun. And maybe it actually would be something you'd enjoy doing. And you're faced with a decision to say yes or no. And maybe there are times when it's good to say yes, when the reasons for saying yes outweigh the reasons for saying no. And then things are a little crazier for a while. And then other times, even though it might be something you'd love to do, You know deep down that you need to say no. Sometimes the only times we feel okay saying no to something is when we already have something else booked during that time. It's like we take a look at our calendars and we see an open space and we feel guilty turning something down unless every blank spot is filled. Saying no to something simply because we don't want every minute booked doesn't seem okay for some of us. But we all know that we should say no and that we should have times built into our day or our week, our month, where we don't have anything scheduled. But it's just really hard. 
Recently, I was working with a student of mine who's a piano major who recently took on a big job at the university, and we were looking at his schedule and trying to organize it. And this is a student who is very responsible, who enjoys learning, enjoys practicing. I've never once had to give him the step it up lecture. He's very driven. But he came into this lesson with a look of total lostness. And after talking a few minutes, he shared with me this new challenge that he was facing with time management and his new job. So that day, instead of him playing for me, I could tell that would be an absolute waste of time because he wasn't in a place mentally where a lesson like that would have been of any benefit. We pulled out his schedule and we started to work on organizing it. One of the things that I had to tell him was that it was okay, and not only okay, but really necessary for him to put on his schedule some blocks of time where he was just unavailable. He didn't have to say what he was doing. He just had to mark himself as away. And that his job during that time was to not answer his phone or not answer his door. And if that was going to be too frustrating to try to do that and still be at home, then he needed to leave and go somewhere where people couldn't disturb him. You guys, he came in the following week with a beautiful color-coded chart. It had space each day for everything he needed to do. Work, school, practice, homework, rehearsals, downtime, etc., now, I love charts and graphs, data, facts, info, all of that. So to me, this thing was a work of art. And I asked him how he felt when he saw that chart. And he said, it brings me a lot of peace. And that's the goal. Now, his next and perhaps greater challenge is going to be to implement the schedule. But by making it, he took a great first step. And this is something I frequently find that I have to work on with my undergrads. And I don't mind that at all. It's a really big life lesson. Now, not everyone is a schedule person like that, and that's fine. What I often tell my students is that I don't really care how they create and mark their margins as long as they do it. Recognizing that we are in control of our time and our schedules and learning how to manage it is really powerful. So what exactly are margins? There are a lot of definitions out there, and they each have their own purpose. But for the purpose of this discussion, margins are those times of quote-unquote nothing. You can't see me. I'm putting nothing in air quotes. The small little time buffers that we all need throughout our days, weeks, months, years, to either absorb something unexpected or to have time where we're not answering to someone else. We have to create this space in our lives for ourselves. No one else is going to do it, and we just have to do it for ourselves without guilt. Creating margins has to be intentional. We have to take time to purposely build in buffers and then be intentional about using them appropriately. I don't know about you, but if I don't think about something in advance and have an intent for a specific block of time, it's easy for me to waste it, even if it's time that's supposed to be wasted. If I don't go into that time with that label, it's almost like it had no value to me. But if I go into some downtime with the clear intention of it being used as time of rest or quiet or whatever I want to call it, then when it's over, I can look back on it and see that it did meet its purpose and that it has value to me. Now, not all margins have to be designated as, as downtime. They can be little breaks throughout the day that we build in, knowing that they're probably going to be used for catch-up or overflow from something else. And that's fine, too. The point is to have them and then to use them for their intended purpose. They are there to give us a sense of control and peace and mental space. When I'm running around without extra margins, it affects me and it affects everyone around me. I get impatient and irritable with my family and my students and with myself. 
And then I can't extend anyone the benefit of the doubt. Suddenly, everyone's lives inconvenience me. If someone's running late, it makes me late. And then I get upset and it becomes this frustrating cycle. And I become someone that people don't enjoy being around. And I don't really like myself at those moments either. Sometimes I have to fight the urge to look at people who have worked so hard to create time and space for themselves without judgment. Do you? It's hard for me. But then when I'm the one who's giving myself space and time, I want others to respect that and not judge me. So this is real double-edged sword. Next, I'm going to address a couple ends of the spectrum that I've heard expressed in regards to margins, and then we're going to move into how we can implement margins in our teaching. One of the things I hear is this. I thrive on activity, so that busy type of lifestyle doesn't bother me. My response to this is more a question, and that is, are you thriving on busyness or productivity? Busyness can sometimes just be unproductive time wasters, while productivity can be busy, but it has a purpose and a result and a product. So I would challenge people who like lots of activity and action to evaluate whether their busyness is helping them gain productivity or not. Now, I'm a high energy person too. So in some ways, I kind of get this type of thinking. I like to be busy and doing things. However, I've also learned that even when I'm feeling great and I have more in the tank, it's always a good idea to still build in buffers throughout my day or week or month to have some recharge time and then to take it. Something I'm learning is that productivity requires downtime. Another thing for active people to consider is those around you. You might be a high energy person like me, but those closest to you in life might not be, and your active lifestyle might be wearing them out indirectly. You might need to take some downtime so that they can have downtime. So maybe having some people in your life who can help be a barometer would be a good thing. Another area of struggle I've noticed is this idea of comparison. Like, what you do doesn't matter unless you're the most exhausted, busiest person in your circle. And I've noticed that this can lead to a lot of damage personally as well as relationally, because everything can become a point of comparison or superiority. Life isn't a comparison game. In fact, I really think that that kind of a mindset is pretty foolish, frankly. It's unsustainable and it creates drama. So if you find yourself starting to fall into that mentality, really fight it. We are all very capable and we all have different strengths and we're all at different points in our lives. So we can benefit from each other more so by helping and encouraging one another than by tearing each other down or minimizing another person because we perceive them as less than us in some way. Now, another end of the spectrum is uh, something that I hear like this. I'm not a high energy person. For me, just going through the motions of a regular day wears me out. I don't have energy at the end to even think about margins or creating downtime. Now, this one I think is really common, especially if you're in your 20s, 30s, or 40s and are juggling all the demands of work, family, kids, parents, relationships, on and on. It's a hard time of life. Recently, I read in a book that actually has nothing to do with time management, teaching, or music, that our 30s are one of the busiest decades of our lives. It's the point where so many things intersect and overlap. Career really starts to take off. Caring for children as well as perhaps aging parents or grandparents. You're working towards certain financial goals. There's a lot of stress on you and your relationships. It's just hard. 
And I don't know about you, but when I read that, I felt really relieved. It was nice to know that I wasn't crazy or alone, feeling like life is just moving ahead at warp speed. So if this is you, first of all, just breathe and try to keep things in perspective. Know that these days are going to pass. But I'd also still encourage you to create a time where you can be alone. And I know that just doing that can be a huge challenge, but go ahead and do it. And then stop to think about ways that you can insert yourself and your needs into your day. Where can you build in some moments to breathe, to just be, to have a buffer? Especially when you're in this crazy season of life, this is so important. Now, I'm not trying to make a big deal about certain ages being busier than others because I understand that no one's life follows a formula. So you might be in your 30s and be experiencing a quieter time, or you might be in your 50s and finding yourself running ragged. So this isn't meant to be a point of comparison. Wherever you are in life, just acknowledge it and take some time to figure out how you can create and protect margins in your life. Now let's take this discussion and shift it over to pedagogy. How does having margins impact your teaching? If you have a private studio or a collegiate studio or both like me, you know, of course, that successfully scheduling students and lessons can often seem like it takes an act of God. But there are ways that we can build in buffers. Like I said earlier, I need margins in my personal life as well as in my teaching day. If I don't get a little time built in between students, I can get really backed up and then I get irritable and then it can easily let that influence how I interact with a student. And I don't want to do that. So if you're in a position where you don't want to teach on a certain day or time and you're allowed to make that call, then don't. Just don't. Don't teach on weekends if you don't want to. Or don't teach past a certain time of the evening if you don't want to. If you have too many students, then you might need to cut back and raise your rates, or you might need to hire another teacher or have some sort of referral system. Get creative. But however you decide to do it, implementing margins means you're going to probably be faced with some tough choices, but you need to go ahead and make them. A couple of quick strategies for structuring private teaching are two things I call micro-margining and macro-margining. Micro-margining is where you create little breaks in your schedule throughout the day, five, 10, or 15 minute buffers, either in between each student or between a small group of students. This is probably not going to be real downtime, but it's going to give you a chance to breathe, do things that you need, like run to the restroom, eat a quick snack, wash your hands, and it'll help ease the transition between students without you feeling rushed and stressed. Macro margining is taking a bigger picture view of margins, and instead of having tiny bits of time sprinkled throughout a day, You're perhaps having a few really active days followed by some days with no scheduled activity or maybe having a big chunk of the day dedicated to teaching where you do pack your schedule and everything is back to back, but then you have another part of the day that's kept in reserve. Maybe you find that a combination of the two works best. Whatever works for you, be intentional about scheduling it that way and then be intentional with the time when you're in it. If you're teaching, stay focused on that student. But if you're in some of your buffer times, then protect that and just breathe. And now I'd like to hear from you. What works for you? Maybe share a strategy that's helped you in some tough times. Share your ideal schedule or your ideal week. You can do that on our website, Facebook, Twitter, or you can send us an email. Thanks for listening. If you have found this podcast to be helpful, please let us and others know. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll get all our latest episodes.
You can find us on Facebook at Mindful Music Pedagogy, on Twitter at Mindful Music Ped, or you can contact us at mindfulmusicpedagogy.com, where you can also find other helpful resources.